The following is an exclusive presentation of News Radio KMAN, your home for K State Athletics. It's game time. This is the game on News Radio KMAN. It was Pat McAfee that maybe delivered earlier today the hot take of the day, and it has nothing to do with conference realignment. And this is in the wake of the news that Soldier Field might be adding a roof. What? So he brings up that every NFL stadium should have some sort of roof, either as a dome or a retractable roof. Because that, of course, would eliminate rain, snow, any sort of bad weather. And he says whenever you have nice weather or rain or snow is not a factor or a heavy wind, it's just simply a better football game. I say, sir, there is a reason why we have the term football weather. (laughs) Absolutely. And that's because, you know what? You get the tough out of the tough. When it's snowing mm-hmm. or when it's raining, mm-hmm. it changes the game a little bit. It throws a new wrinkle into the chess matchup. It affects the game as well. Maybe your strategy on how you're going to play the game. Yeah. I love in the movies when it rains in a, during a football game and there's just like puddles everywhere. You know, it just like, it never looks like that. I mean, it can get messy, but it, it's just always like, that is a, a swimming pool. You think about this for a moment. Think about one of the best games of all time in terms of the visuals that didn't exist. The Eagles-Bears at Soldier Field when the fog rolled in. Vern Lundquist on the call on CBS, and you could not see what was going on. (laughs) Would not have happened if you had a roof on Soldier Field. Third and ten, somebody did something oh my goodness now i i will add if i was a player and it's you know week 17 in buffalo yeah i'd be like this sucks i i want nothing i want no part of this 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 is terrible what is it lake effect snow you're like please get that away from me yeah welcome to the game mitch fortner trey coverdale david g travion berkland with us after our cold open uh, we have Derek Young from K-State Online standing by. He's from, of course, K-State Online, but he was also down um, in Mays for the big announcement. We'll talk about that here in just a moment, D.Y., but first of all, your take on roofs on NFL stadiums. Should they be on all? Are you a pro football weather guy? Mm, yeah, that's, that's tough. I mean, I mean – the sport itself, I think, is meant to be played out outside. So, but I do think that there is, you know, some perks to having dome stuff, especially in baseball, right? So you don't have any rain delays. I mean, for one, as somebody who's now the public address announcer for K State football, I also hadn't been previous to that in the press box a whole lot. I wasn't as heavy covering K State football. I started going in the press box when the pandemic arrived, so just a couple of seasons, and I've spent a lot of days outside in some pretty terrible (laughs) weather, and I'll be honest with you, I don't like bad weather. Not a fan of snow, not a fan of the cold, I can stand the heat, so, you you know, I I, I like, you know, climate-controlled 
areas. Yeah. There's no doubt about yeah. that. I don't, I don't mind the sport itself being played outside and having to deal with the elements and adding that, you know, part of the strategy to it. But, it, but in general, I would say um, as a viewer or someone that covers it, you know, I, I am also not a fan of horrible weather. I forget what year it was. Um, when Kansas State hosted Iowa State and won. Um, I don't know if that was Chris Kleiman's first year, I want to say. that It was a night game in, at Bill Snyder Family Stadium. I mean, that was as cold as it gets. That's the coldest game that I can remember. The wind just howling as well. Are you talking about the game, Joshua Youngblood opened up the game, taking one to the house? I believe so, and because and, neither team could really throw the ball because it was so windy. Yeah, that was yeah. That would have been 2019. <laughs> KC won by 10. I, I'm thinking of a day in Greeley where there were a total of eight passes thrown between the two teams. One of them did not attempt to pass. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> Dang! Well, I'm sure that happens more often than we think up in those cold states. But but that was a Division One football game. Roofs. Literally a Division One game set a new record. NCAA game had never seen <laughs> a team <laughs> not attempt a pass. Oh my God! Well, speaking of uh, somebody who can who can throw a pass, he considers himself a pocket passer, and that is from Mays High, the four-star recruit and the number one recruit in the state of Kansas. Does Avery Johnson with a big announcement yesterday that he has picked K State? He announced his commitment over Oregon and Washington. And Derek Young from K State Online, he was down there. But first of all, I wanted to know since you were there, what was the atmosphere like? at Mays High School? Because I saw some pictures of like the crowd who was in attendance. It seemed like there were more people there for this one than at Derby for Dylan Edwards. Yeah, I, I would think so. And I, I think there was even some just fans in general that were not necessarily associated with the high school or Avery and his family there as well. Um, there was probably a few hundred people there, but because it was being streamed live on CBS Sports, and they couldn't, you know, bring in like the they they wanted to avoid an echo. We didn't hear that side of it actually. So it, the the gym was actually silent as that interview was taking place. And when they go to break, there's just you could hear a pin drop in the gymnasium. So being there, there was a kind of a different element because, um, you know, Avery was listening to the CBS people through through his uh, AirPods. I think that he had in. So we didn't hear that part of it, and he wasn't on a microphone that was connected to the gymnasium because they didn't want that to, you know, echo in on TV. So it was interesting having to be quiet and, and kind of having to kind of just assume and guess what was happening. We just saw him put on the hat, but it, I mean, it was really probably as loud as it sounded. It, it was pretty loud there. And, and nearly that entire half of the gym, the bleachers was uh, nearly uh, full capacity. I don't even think I noticed the AirPods. He, of course, had his golden locks, maybe covering those ears. And uh, we can see that. I, I, Yeah, of course, I, we didn't know. I was watching on CBS Sports HQ when it all went down, and it, it sounded like the uh, the audio was actually just coming through the laptop. So it wasn't like crystal clear audio or anything like that. But we did hear the crowd pop of when the announcement was made, and CBS Sports HQ was actually kind of struggling with that audio for a little bit. As uh, he was, Avery was being drowned out. He couldn't hear the questions uh, right after his announcement was made. Uh, so everybody was prepared for the stream. Was everybody prepared for it to go like 15 minutes before the announcement was made? No, no. I mean, it, I mean, the gym was you know just 
silent for a good 10 or 12 minutes there. I don't think anyone anticipated um, the the break in between. Yeah. Either. I, don't think, yeah. I don't think that, <laughs> that we was anticipated weird. that. So, yeah, it, it, just because of that side of things that being aired on television, there it brought definitely an interesting wrinkle to it all. They like say, I, I can't remember the host name. His, his last name is St. Louis, but I can't remember his first name. But uh, he was saying, oh, we'll be back in 60 seconds. Don't go anywhere. The announcement's next. And we get a commercial from Geico. I swear it went longer than, 30, uh, went longer than 60 seconds. <laughs> yeah, it definitely did. That was because I, I, I was just holding my phone waiting because I was videoing it from my phone. I was just waiting. It was definitely more than 60 seconds. Okay. <laughs> well, okay. was somebody there like – like in control of like it, like kind of like an MC, like, all right, everybody hush up. We're going live. Uh, the athletic director did before uh, it, they went on said, we have to be quiet so they can hear everything. And unfortunately not going to be able to use a microphone. It's piped in here because of the effects that can have on television. So mm-hmm. yeah, it, it, the athletic director definitely made everyone aware of, of how it was going to have to operate. And he didn't say anything when they went to break or maybe even didn't know. No, do I don't think, I don't <laughs> think anybody knew that there was going to be a break. So that is hilarious. So it's an awkward silence for over a minute. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was, I mean, it was an awkward silence for the entire 10 minutes, right? Cause no one can really hear Avery. Yeah. He seems a little soft spoken. That's for sure. Um, so we get the announcement. I mean, when it came down to the final seconds, Really, no drama. You've you've been pretty confident that he was picking K State for a while, right? Yeah, yeah, and I think he had actually committed to Kansas State to the coaching staff, Colin Klein and Chris Kleinman, via phone call um, about a week, week and a half before that. But even before he left for Los Angeles to compete at the Elite Eleven Finals, so I think they were pretty aware that they were going to be um, the hat that he put on. So yeah, not not a big surprise. In in like, and I had also reported. Some of the drama was kind of taken away because it, it sounds like Oregon's going to have their quarterback. Not sure he's going when he's going to announce, but they're definitely trending for Dante Moore. And and Washington landed a quarterback before Avery's decision, so it did take away some of the drama of it as well. Now, I know afterwards, like there was a breakout session with the media. I haven't really heard anything from that yet. Uh, I know you've tweeted about a few things before we get to that. So you obviously got to be up close with him during this interview. I, I noticed that he was wearing like a three-piece blue suit, but from what I could see on social media afterwards and also the live stream with CBS Sports HQ, it looked like he was wearing a Hawaiian shirt with that suit. Can you confirm or deny my my uh, opinion on that or my uh, my guess on that? I guess I'm not as observant as you, but but I rem- but uh, I think it looked something like that. I don't I can't confirm one or deny really it probably was but it's just not something that i really harped on but it, it definitely had that appearance my god that would have been my first question are those, are those pineapples on that shirt avery <laughs> i was like interesting choice Next from question. Mays, kansas <laughs> uh, the cool kids though they can pull those kind of things off though that's right uh they can uh, everybody at uh, Mays high school next year gonna be wearing suits with hawaiian shirts that'll be a theme for one game <laughs> for Mays high maybe when they play derby um but at that breakout session anything stand out to you about what he said maybe about you know we, we hear from dylan edwards that he's gonna be out re- helping recruit and i'm sure avery's gonna be doing the same yeah i mean avery you know he pinpointed two prospects that he wanted to target and it was you know uh, wide receiver prospects Jacoby Lane and Joshua Manning, who you know most everyone felt already knew 
that uh, Kansas State was in the picture with, so he'll be kind of exercising his his leverage now from the Kansas State perspective to try to get them in the fold. And, and you know, he was pretty forthcoming in, in that he really didn't start to really pursue Kansas State as a legitimate option until Colin Klein was named the offensive coordinator. Now, this past weekend, Avery Johnson wasn't alone. As a matter of fact, he followed up another uh, now committed cat when it comes to making his announcement, this comes from Florida in Joe Jackson, another running back. He's an all-purpose back like Dylan Edwards, like Caduce Vaughn. He's three stars, and he committed on um, the 4th of July. And I, I, I can't remember. I have terrible memories. We've talked a whole lot about him, but didn't he? I mean, he really jumped onto the scene right after Dylan Edwards made his announcement. Is that right? Yeah, I mean, he was kind of already there as a – um, a serious running back option too. He visited in the spring and loved it. And um, and as soon as they green lighted him in June, said we want you on official visit. And Dylan Edwards just committed, so we probably only have you know a spot left here if you want it. And he booked a flight and and uh, t- took that official visit right away and and, and committed to Kansas State. So it, it was one of those things where they they had pl- they had a few different options at running back remaining that they really really liked and made it clear to him that there was probably only one spot left if he wanted it and he jumped on it but they they had been recruiting him for for a handful of months so it wasn't something that just bursted onto the scene recently uh, they had him on campus um during the spring i think he saw a spring football practice and and they made it clear to him that they really wanted him but time was of the essence and, and he jumped on it and of course k-state football is just white hot right now with its recruiting especially in the last couple of months this summer has been really really special for K-State football, especially the in-state kids. I noticed today on K-State Online, speaking out, pumping out the content, I'm sure the numbers are through the roof right now, just like the game podcast numbers. But Grant Flanders from K-State Online put out a ranking. And I thought that was very interesting. Ranking the, the 12 commits for K-State so far. Easy guesses on who's number one and two. Avery Johnson, Dylan Edwards, I think they'd be number one and number two on everybody's list. I'm not going to spoil who Flando had at number three. I mean, you got to go to Case and Online and check that out yourself. It's a great read. I'm curious on who DY has at number There's three. Number three. Uh, here, let me see here. I would probably lean towards. Uh, I want to say the the Blue Valley receiver Andre Davis. Okay. I think I would probably lean that way. I have him as a top five player in the state. Um, I think. What I went with was Avery Johnson at one, John Randall at two, Joe Otting at three, Dylan Edwards at four, and um, Andre Davis at five. Those were my state rankings that I put out, you know, a few weeks ago. So going by that, I think uh, Andre Davis would probably be my third. Although, you know, I'm pretty high on Kanigel Thomas, the cornerback that just landed out of Dell City, Oklahoma, and uh, and also Candon Beebe. Um, I'm probably higher on him than a lot of other people are too. So. Those are the, probably the three that rushed to my mind. Um, our Drew Galway at KSO, he really likes Donovan McIntosh, the cornerback. The other cornerback commit that they just landed not too long ago, really long um, defender from St. Louis. So, I mean, it's a really good class. You really can't go wrong with any of them. And if you go by rivals rankings in general, um, number three is probably Davis, like I said, or Joe Jackson. They have Joe Jackson ranked pretty high um, in the rivals rankings. I know – He's he's not Avery Johnson, but we also had a local kid in Hay- Hayden Oviatt commit mm-hmm. 
uh, on the 4th of July to Army. Um, I, I mean, I don't know. Have you ever seen him play? Not not in person, but I, I know that part of his recruitment um, and why Kansas State never really became an option is he really wanted to play quarterback. And I think Kansas State wanted him as a defensive player. I think KU wanted him as a defensive player. And I, I think his quarterback options were with Army, Colorado State, and, and New Mexico State. And he's a really good athlete. You can see that on the film. I just don't know that the Power Five options really saw him as a quarterback, and he sees himself as a quarterback, which explains the choice. I I really felt that Army was a good selection for him, given the triple option that he can fit into that very well. Yeah, I mean, it's a good scheme fit because, you know, the, the throwing part of it is where some of the questions lied, but he could have went there. He could have went to Colorado State, New Mexico State, where Jerry Kills, the head coach, he's really recruiting Kansas quite a bit right now, too, so that – that would have been a solid option because they're going to probably take care of the, the kids from Kansas at that at that school going forward. And do I pretty much answered all my questions? I had three of them on Hayden, and he answered all, <laughs> all of them pretty much in uh, in one answer. Bang bang! Because I because he I had heard that about Hayden about schools wanting him to play defense, and well, he didn't play any defenses last season. He's been all quarterback, and that's because Weston Moody is very blessed as a football coach at Wamigo because it's a four A program. He has enough players that nobody needs to play both ways. Everybody plays that one position, and uh, you're not seeing the same player on both offense and defense. So, but I, I agree. I thought you know Hayden is a is a great fit for for Army. And by the way, for those that don't know, if you haven't been paying attention to the future football schedules for uh, K State, you know if they stand still the way they are, Army is scheduled to play in Manhattan in uh, in 2025. All right, uh, D.Y., let's take our first break here on the game, and when we come back, we can talk a little uh, preseason All-Big 12 team that was released earlier today. That's next. It's Wednesday, and you know what that means. It's Derek Young from Kston Online with us to talk some cats, Cruton. I did actually have uh, <laughs> one more question. About that, just kind of a kind of keep organized around here type yeah. of question. Have you seen anybody else planning to make an announcement anytime soon that maybe the cats would be on? I think there's going to be some in July, but no one has like a, a fixed date that I'm aware of. Okay, I felt like it, like there was a day or two like we just had a bunch flood in, and and that that lined up what we were expecting in the. Um, you know, uh, the the Fourth of July weekend mm-hmm. of a handful. There, there was now I'm blanking on the name, but there was one kid that uh, did pull out at kind of the last second, right? Yeah. When it when it comes to an announcement, that was Sunday. The wideout from Kansas City oh, yeah, area, Joshua Manning. Yeah, that's right. But it, but he, he like shared that like 12 hours in advance, so it wasn't like some big to do where he was having a ceremony of any kind. Okay. All right, we're at Derek Young from Case in a Line, and uh, you know what? Kind of a big deal coming out earlier today. The preseason All-Big 12 football team and six cats laying on that thing. And according to uh, KStaySports.com, the release they put out today about the six cats on the list, it is the most since at least the year 2000. So you got to go back to the beginning of the millennium. Wow. For the last time, we would find any evidence of six cats being on the All-Big 12 preseason football team i'll uh, run down the names for you here so defensive player of the year goes to felix and udike uzama all hail the king yes felix and udike uzama hashtag my boy deuce vaughn 
at running back, Cooper Beebe, offensive line. You have Malik Knowles as a kick and punt returner. Flip over to the defensive side. Of course, Felix as a defensive lineman. Daniel Green, linebacker, and Julius Prince mm. at corner. So you have a, on defense a cat at all three levels that are uh, on the preseason All-Big 12 football team. I did want to start with Felix because, I mean, he, he's the first player offensive or defense for K-State to be named preseason player of the year since Darren Sproles. So it's been a minute as well. I thought that would be a very, very close vote between Felix and also Will McDonald from Iowa State because they, I mean, they were statistically neck and neck. I know uh, Will McDonald had a half sack more, but Felix exceeded when it came to the force fumbles. Uh, but was uh, Felix your pick for defensive player of the year? Yeah, I think so. I don't know that anyone else really would have came to mind. It would have been him and Will McDonald. I like overshown Damarian overshown at Texas and Siaki Ika at Baylor. Those are probably the top four in my mind. I mean, but it was going to be neck and neck between McDonald and, and Felix at the end of the day, just because of everything that they did a season ago. I mean, they shared the big 10 or big 12, mm-hmm. sorry, big 12 defense alignment in the year award last season. Yeah. Well, Will McDonald is, I mean, I think no doubt. Um, I mean, maybe you can argue Xavier Hutchinson. I, I no, I'm not going to even argue it. Well, McDonald is the best returning Iowa State Cyclone. Um, that is uh, for Matt Campbell because they're losing a ton of players from last year, but they do have at least that powerhouse of a defensive lineman. Um, but for Felix, though, like, and I might bring this up in the second hour. I know I wanted to talk more about him, but I did want to kind of get your, you know, idea on this. Like, I got to imagine, like, K State's going to be super limited on opportunities to actually go sack the quarterback we saw things change starting with that KU game after Felix got what was at one time six sacks and it was turned down to four but also of course Duke Shelley is going to be back and K-State has a pretty strong defensive line but I mean don't you feel like get your opinion you may completely disagree with me but it's gonna be tough for Felix to get that honor at the end of the season He's going to get a lot of attention, and, and and I think that'll probably be, you know, his biggest hurdle to being the 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 defensive player of the year at the end of the season, just because of all the attention that he's going to command. Now he's defeated double teamed a lot last season. Don't get me wrong, but it's just going to be start to finish this year, and he's going to be you know blocked and schemed up against you know a lot differently and in so many different ways you know, game to game that they're going to have an entire year off season to really prepare for him, which that probably wasn't the case prior to last year. So he's going to, you know, have a stiff challenge ahead of him in terms of the attention that he's going to command from game to game, start to finish. And to be honest, that's kind of why I think you could really see name Matlack breaking out this year. I think he's going to get a starting spot. I really think that he's surging enough to where that's going to happen. And he's going to have a lot of opportunities in front of him because of that. And they think he has a very similar ceiling and potential as Felix. So you're going Felix, Huggins, Matlack on the on the D-line? It'll probably look something similar to that. I mean, Jalen, they have a depth too, mm-hmm. right? Because sure we're going to see Jalen Pickle. We're going to see Robert Hentz. We're going to see Khalid Duke. So, yeah, they got a lot of depth. I mean, defensive line is probably – it might be the strongest position on the team at this point. And, 
And actually, now that I think about it, I don't know if it's really up for debate. I think it is, at least for this season. Maybe maybe in the future, you're kind of wondering how things are going to shake out in some places along the defensive line. But for this season, they have a lot of weapons that, that they can deploy. No, 100%. I agree. I think the defensive line certainly is the best group of, uh, of guys on the team when it comes to certainly when it comes to the depth. I mean, the rest of the defense has to prove its depth. I yeah. feel like they have a solid you know starter uh, at, at, at every position, but those playing behind except, him still is to be determined. Yeah, except safety. Um, not, not that they don't have solid starters there. I'm not trying to say that, but that's probably the question mark starter-wise because it's going to be three new faces that we really haven't seen a whole lot of. So um, the, all three from a year ago are gone, right? So we lost John McPherson, Ross Elder, um, and and TJ or, or uh, Russ Ease, sorry, and mm-hmm. Russ Ease. TJ Smith was a backup last year, so they lost all three starting safeties. So that'll be the the one spot where you, you kind of want to see those new faces before you you feel totally comfortable. Uh, and I don't know that anyone was really, if you ask Kansas State, I don't know who they probably believe was snubbed, but um, you're probably, you know quibbling a little bit there but Eli Huggins you know you mentioned his name he's someone that probably should have been considered for the all defensive team as well um he would probably been on the second team he was probably probably pretty close in the voting um Ika from Baylor is really good so it's hard to be upset with how the votes came but uh, Eli Huggins is I know Kansas State believes he's he's the best defensive tackle best nose guard in in, in the league we're talking with Derek Young from K-State Online, and uh, we'll take an, our next break. And our last segment of DY coming up next, and we'll jump into a subject quickly that I'm not a big fan of, but I think you know DY will probably have a good take on uh, the current situation with conference realignment coming up next. What is this? I don't know if I recognize this song. You don't. This is... Uh... Turned up just slightly Are there, Travion. That's the intro to Saved by the Bell, the college years. You didn't know that? Is it really? No. As you said, <laughs> I, I could have been fooled. I, <laughs> what is the new uh, Guns N' Roses. Oh, that's... Ah. Yeah. I'm, hey, man. Good for them. After I heard Chinese Democracy, I was like, don't bother me with this. Yeah, no. <laughs> it's not pretty bad. Good. It's pretty Axel, good. Axel pretty just is determined to play Chinese democracy when they when they're on tour. Now that they got the band back together. They got the band. Not just, you know, slash but duff. Yes. And when they're now that they're back together, oh we gotta play Chinese democracy, it's Guns N' Roses. Mm-hmm. Please. When you go see them though, they play they'll play twenty five songs. I mean they they go through the whole deal plus Chinese democracy. <laughs> We're back with Derek Young from K State Online. DY do you got a favorite Guns N' Roses song? I do not. Not not a huge Guns N' Roses fan. Okay, DY, that's all we got for you, buddy. Uh, we will see. Hey, DY, would if you, uh, how much money would they have to pay you to not be able to read? To not be able to read. Yeah, like would it be like four million, six million, eight million dollars? Yeah, it, I mean it would have to be a lot. I mean it. I don't know. The value in being rich if you can't read. I mean, really, you have to think about it hard. You know, like, you really, it's a a tough question to answer right off the bat. Staring at the ocean wouldn't be enough entertainment through a day for you? Yeah, because you'd be like, I'm looking for the words to describe what what I'm seeing, and it's uh, escaping me. It's just, yeah, Yeah. go ahead, D.Y., I'm sorry. No, I mean, now that I think about it, though, maybe just maybe one or two million, and then I would hire someone to read for me. 
Mm. <laughs> yeah, well, for like one or two million, though, it'd only be for a little bit. And then they'd be like, all right, D.Y., I got to get going. And you'd be like, what does D.Y. mean? What do, what does that even mean? I don't understand. People keep calling me D.Y. Wait, so if, if I get paid all this money, do I like – do I basically – unlearn everything I have yeah, about it's, reading. It's like the men in black thing with the, the the thing in front of your face and boom, you can't read. So what you're saying is I can relearn to read. No. <sighs> it's zapped and then you're zapped forever. But well, I mean, you got all the cash, baby. It would be hundreds of millions because yeah. then I basically just com- become completely stupid. Yeah, it'd be really dumb. And what am I going to be able to use that money on if I can't read what I'm buying? You'd be like, what is that? Yeah, but that's why you hire someone to read it. Right. Hey, reader. They just follow you around everywhere. Yeah. Hey, reader guy, what is that? Lobster. Buy it. I'm trying to subscribe to Case Down Line, and I can't even read my credit card. <laughs> You'd have your guy. Yeah, your guy would read it to you and be like, man, D.Y. really got the scoop on those guys. That'd be awesome. Well, I mean, no lie. Like, I've been reading all these tweets about conference realignment, and I feel like I'm getting dumber <laughs> as every tweet rolls on because it's just all these opinions. Oh, well, I've heard this, and I've oh, heard that. and. God. Man, what a what a mess this is. It's one of my least favorite things to talk about, which is not, I mean, for a lot of, I'm sure, sports people out there it is because it's just such a mess and it feels like it's ruining college athletics. But, I mean, the, the latest we've seen kind of is like the ACC and Pac-12 have some loosey-goosey thing going on. Uh, but who knows where that's going to go. And there's been some reports that the Big 12 has been Reaching out to all these schools in the Pac-12 about joining up. D.Y., all I ask is, can you just back me up and when I say that the Big 12 is going to be all right? I lean towards it being that way. You, you, I, I won't say it's 100% because I kind of, you know, you have some skeletons or, you know, paranoia because of, you've kind of been down this road before when it comes to mm-hmm. Kansas State, when it comes to the Big 12. And, and typically every time they've, found an avenue to escapes but you know you don't want to tempt fate too many times so i i think that they're going to be okay um you'd hope to get a final answer on that sooner rather than later it's going to be interesting because it's almost like who's going to blink first you know i think the big 12 is probably a little bit more power right now than the pac 12 when it comes to who's going to snipe who um but I think this loose partnership with the ACC, I can't see that really holding any weight. That seems like the least likely of the routes. I could see maybe the Pac-12 trying to stick together with 10 teams and maybe add two or something, not necessarily from the Big 12 and try to do it that way. I think that's potential. I think you still have potential. The Big 12 takes a, you know, a few from the Pac-12 as well. I just don't know which one's more likely or at the moment between you know the last two things I said. I just don't really see this ACC thing getting too far. Yeah, I mean, both coasts kind of working together with an alliance within an alliance. It, I mean, to me... The last alliance didn't really work, right? I mean, <laughs> well... The, the, big, the Big Ten and the ACC and uh, what was the other one? Then the Pac-12, yeah. Those three got together. Hey, we're not going to kill each other. What happens? Less than a year later, the Big Ten kills the Pac-12. Yeah, we're really saved with an alliance. Well, Wait a minute. Well, that's why when, <laughs> when, when John and I would talk about it last year, exactly, it's like Survivor, you know, until like, okay, everything is cool until one one party has a better opportunity. You're going to stab the other in the back yeah, to make it work. What, the, and that's what the Big 12 needs to do right now. And they're aggressively trying that angle, obviously, and sniping away a few Pac-12 schools because 
you contribute to that league's demise, it kind of uplifts you a little bit. So it's smart, and they're aggressively pursuing that route. You just need at least two of them to blink. Oregon and Washington have zero leverage to blink. I don't think that they're going to be the first two that you that you get. You got to get at least two of the other four, and obviously that's a pool that includes Arizona, Arizona State, Colorado, and Utah. In some shape or form, we've seen Arizona State and Colorado kind of reaffirm their commitment to the Pac-12, which really isn't worth much at this point. But at least it doesn't sound like they'd be the first two you could get to budge. So I think maybe if you if you want to get two to budge, because if you get two to budge, it kind of knocks down the rest of the dominoes. Maybe your more vulnerable targets should be Arizona and Utah. Listen, I know for the sake of college football, yes, it may be great to keep the Pac-12 alive, but guys – it's a dog-eat-dog world, killer be killed. Big 12, let's go demolish that Pac-12. What do you say? Yeah. Let's go get all those teams, merge them into the Big 12, build some, maybe not leverage, but build yourself a better brand. Maybe you can compete better against the Big 10 or SEC, but at this point you'll never be an equal. No. Uh, yeah. It's just too and, impossible. And, and unfortunately, and, and Kansas State kind of knows what it's like to be under that kind of gun, unfortunately, that, you know, that's going to put a few schools in, in quite a bind. And, you know, two that are certainly in that company are Oregon State and Washington State. I, I bet their fans probably feel the worst at the moment. Yeah, they can't feel good. No one's even mentioned them, <laughs> you know. And that's kind of what I wanted to say really quick. What I appreciate from people like DY and all the rest of the guys at K-State Online and anybody really that is an insider that people look to on Twitter – on social media, they're never feeding you things that you just want to hear. There's other schools. I won't mention anybody, but there's other schools and other people that are insiders that are feeding their fans a load of junk. And they're saying, I have inside sources that are telling me we're talking to so-and-so and talking to so-and-so, and we're doing this and doing that. And they don't have inside sources. They're just saying things to make people feel better. And there are guys like D.Y. and the guys that he works with that are like, here's what I know. Here's what I think. Here's my best guess. But I haven't been told anything like, you know, inside sources, anything. So, D.Y., thank you for being somebody that's just a straight shooter. I Honestly, in this time, it's really nice and refreshing to just have someone just shoot you straight. And, you know? and if I may translate, D.Y., what he's basically saying, what DJ's, D.G. is saying is, I love you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I, I, and part of that, I think, too, um, getting, getting to the fabric of that is – like you do have to question a lot of the reports out there because in a way realignment is so complex and there's so many angles to it. It's, it's, uh, it's difficult to have enough information from every, cause you would have to have it from every angle to really truly know what is happening because it, I mean, it's a complex thing. It's not just from one school, it's from multiple schools. I and mean, it's not just from one league, it's from multiple leagues. And are those even the biggest, you know, decision makers and players in the discussion? Because truthfully, that's probably the television executives mm -hmm. or the conference officials themselves. So it's just, it's really tough to be plugged in enough to really encapsulate and know what's going to happen, to it, be honest. Isn't it great to watch all of the fallout from the fact that it's becoming a Fox versus ESPN world? Yeah, I mean, I, we've been headed that way. He says way sarcastically, for a while. by the way. Yeah, <laughs> we've been headed that way for a while. There's there's really no way around it. It'll be interesting, too, because if, if, CBS has been a large player. They've, they've owned the SEC mm -hmm. for essentially, you know, a, a long time. So are they going to want to dabble at all? I know there's been rumors that they're going to be part 
of the Big Ten's media rights. It's not just going to be Fox, but it's not going to be tier one because that's going to be Fox. So how much are they really going to be in bed with the Big Ten? And is it going to be enough for them to be satisfied? Or will they look to, you know, broadcast games from another league? I mean, they can't get the ACC. They're in bed with ESPN for another 14 years. Mm. So whoever takes the lead out of the Big 12 or Pac-12, do you look towards the CBS um, deal that really kind of is the one that elevated the SEC's product. Yeah, you, and the ACC has got no option. They're ESPN locked as well. Gee, I think I know of a conference that might actually work for CBS. And it's, you know, convenient game times. and Be nice. Already airing a few of their uh, basketball games <laughs> yeah, on Saturdays, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. At, at weird mm-hmm. times, like 1230. Uh-huh. Um, DY, that's about all I have for you. Anything else you want to get out there? Nope, I'm good. (laughs) (laughs) You're ready for a breather after all the recruiting news. That's what it is. Yeah, yeah. And that's not going to slow down either. And Big 12 media days next week, so I don't get much of a breather these days. All right, D.Y., appreciate it. Hopefully, uh, I I know I'm not making the trip down Arlington. Uh, Maybe we'll make something happen on Wednesday, but uh, I hope to talk to you soon. Absolutely. I'll see you guys. It's Derek Young from K-State Online. Coming up next, we'll, we'll take a quick break, and when we come back, some pretty awesome news about tomorrow's show that we'll share with you coming up after this break. Travion, I'm going to let you sit in this one, buddy. (laughs) What happened? I'm going to let him sit in it. He messed up, and he gave me the look at like, oh, I accidentally played the thing. I forgot to play the update. Supposed to do the dagga dagga. That's okay. Hey, man, he sat in on the show, the K-Rock Morning Show. I mess up every day. I'm not going to lie. I let her rip a couple times a day. I go, that was supposed to be the weather break. That was supposed to, I was supposed to play Troy's sports that that minute. Didn't do it. Oh, I fell asleep. Whoops, I missed. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, he does work uh, the overnight shift at a local convenience store. Man, and he's, so. he messes up there, too, a lot. Hey, now. He gives away a lot of stuff. When you what? when you do a shift change and you count out your drawer, how off are you usually with the money? N- not ever, really. What? Shut up. They I'm, let the... I'm always like 30 cents over or something. Dang, stealing from the customers. Travion steals from customers. Don't go. Don't go to that one. Are he you steals. doing uh, safe drops? I usually enough. I probably don't do it enough. I always wait till like my shift's over and then I drop everything. How? So I haven't worked at a convenience store like actually working in a convenience store in eleven years. It's been a minute. But I I also worked for the same company you did. Uh, my dad worked for that company for many years. How how often these days do you get checks? Like once every two weeks. Mm. See, I remember doing safe uh, drops. Like so, basically, like if you have like too many checks or too much cash in your in your oh, drawer, I thought you, were meaning, you do like, safe when drops. We get paid like checks. I never see checks anymore. Mm. Oh no, no, I meant like yeah, when people like customers pay yeah, with yeah, a check, yeah. personal checks. Like how often do you see that? Like when I was working at the Concordia one, like. There would always be like a couple guys that that's all they used. Yeah. In Manhattan, I farmers. I never see it in Manhattan. Hmm. Yeah. The back in the day, the fridge. We used to get 
checks all the time. And then we got this machine that would like, you put it through the machine. It would tell you if it was okay. And that was always messing up. And so then I just started going, Hey, do you got money or is this, is this going to bounce? <laughs> and at, like I'd say four out of 10 times, people would be like, that's going to bounce. Like, oh, okay, well, you don't get any booze. <laughs> Sorry. All right. <laughs> you want to hear some cool news about tomorrow's show? Yeah. So this is, uh, it's an annual interview that we do here on the show for No Stone and Turn. That's going to be coming up. That Those festivities are this weekend. And uh, But the crew going to be in town tomorrow for a memorial for Matt Miller, the quarterback that played here in the mid-90s. Uh, who just unfortunately recently passed away. Um, they're going to be coming in. These three special guests will be coming in right before that does take place. So make sure you are tuned in to tomorrow's show for a very special interview because we're going to play catch up with these guys. And uh, for these three gentlemen, um, certainly their lives have taken some interesting directions in the last year or two. Uh, this will include, of course, uh, Eric Wolford, who played – Offensive line for K-State in the early 90s. He was a GA during the year Matt Miller was the starting quarterback in 1995. B.J. Finney, who just recently retired from the NFL. An undrafted free agent who had a nice run in the NFL. Made a little bit of cash. Yeah, baby. Fortunately, injuries just just too many of them there late in the uh, career to keep going. And then finally, none other than Coach Bill Snyder. Will be in studio whoa, whoa, with whoa, those whoa. two. Yes, probably where you're sitting. Hey, I, I was DG. going to say, and this would mean that DG's not in studio, right? Yeah, I'm probably kicking you both out. Okay, so <laughs> wait a second. <laughs> you get the the man, the myth, the legend, and then two studs, and I can't even be anywhere. I can't even ask him any questions. Like, I'll probably have you stay home and work on the lawn or something. Dang. Okay, because I have a lot of questions. Like, wow, coach. How much money would it take for you not to read? (laughs) (laughs) I want to know what he would say. I think we know now why. (laughs) Yeah, better not be. Yeah, I better stay home. So just a few moments over 24 hours from now, Coach Bill Snyder, BJ Finney, and Eric Wolford will be in studio to talk no stone unturned. Hour two of the game today is going to feature a segment I usually do on Tuesdays, but I put together a pretty fun top ten list. We'll talk more Felix, Andy, DK, Uzama. Number one song of the day, Ask Us Anything. But right now, your local news.